Hi there, this is Ed Roland from Collect a Soul, and you are listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando on iHeartRadio. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 129. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a few moments, we have Ed Roland from Collective Soul coming on. This is kind of a, a dreamish interview for me. And to be completely honest, of course, I listen to a lot of Guns N' Roses. Is that really a surprise that you hear that? But Collective Soul over the years, especially with the amount of FM radio I've listened to, and just to be completely honest and transparent, I, as I always have been, and I'm telling you this now because the interview with Ed happened a few days ago as I'm recording this. Uh, it is uh, June 23rd. It might be the last episode of June. I'm not sure. But I'm saying this to you because I didn't want to suck up to, to Ed too much. But I would just think about Collective Soul when they would come on and be reminded of just how many hits they had. A lot. Not just heavy, not just shine, not just December. I mean, they have a lot of hits that were, were radio mainstays. And I always felt that they were, I don't know, kind of under the radar or maybe not as appreciated as as much as some other bands of that time. So I'm going to talk to Ed about that. And, of course, we got to play the Six Degrees of Guns N' Roses Bacon game. So what's the connection between Ed Rowland, or Collect the Soul, rather, and Guns N' Roses? Because it would just be great to interview Ed Rowland or past guests like Tom Green. But whatever connection, I don't care how loose it is, how thin the bacon is, as long as it connects to Guns N' Roses, we'll do the interview. So I'm going to credit this to one of our uh, loyal Twitter followers, Blue Jean Baby, because uh, I put it out there. What's the, the six degrees of bacon between uh, Collective Soul and GNR that they played the Titans of Rock Tour uh, in 2012, as did Duff McKagan. Matt Sorum. It wasn't a Velvet Revolver. It was this South America tour, Titans of Rock. Uh, Jason Newstead was there, Vince Neil, Steven Stevens. Uh, Steve Stevens, well, hopefully he will be a guest in the future. We'll see. Uh, so a lot of people were, were there, and that was all the connection that I needed. And Collective Soul currently doing a promotional tour for their brand new album, which came out just a few days ago. Blood. I just like saying it like that. Uh, so without further ado, let's uh, speak to Ed Roland. And after that, we'll, we'll come back on the other side. We'll talk some podcasts and GNR stuff as we do. But first, oh, and when we got the, the press release for the new Collective Soul album, when that's like, okay, I want to, here's an opportunity to interview the guys, or the guy rather. It said, Ed goes by E now. And that ha- we've talked about that in the podcast where certain uh, there might be certain protocol, yeah, I guess protocols or parameters probably is the better p word to to the interview. If there's a change or they don't want you to talk about something or they really want you to focus on promoting something else, so all it said was 
Ed goes by E now. You know, please take that into consideration. And at first in my head, I'm like, you can you can shorten Ed? Uh, okay, whatever. So that's where uh, my interview starts awkwardly, as it usually does. So now joining us for the very first time on Appetite for Distortion is Ed Roland of Collective Soul. Oh, wait a minute. E. I'm sorry. You go by E now. I want to make sure I you know, address you properly. Nah, it's Ed. What are your name? It's a joke. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will um, ask about that later then. But first things first, you know, uh, before you came on, I was talking about just how long I've been hearing Collective Soul on the radio and the the amount of hits that you guys have. Now we have the, the new record, Blood. But looking back, can you believe it's been 25 years since Shine? Does it seem that long? You know, I really don't think about it. Um, I don't know how to put it in time. It just feels like that's when everything started. No, no, doesn't feel like 25 years, no. The last last five, six, seven years have been great, so it's been fun, so I don't even think about time, if that makes sense. Think about having fun. Right on. Then I'm curious if you think about this then. Whenever Collective Soul comes on the radio or on my own personal playlist— I'm being honest with you. The thought goes through my mind that you may be one of the most under underrated bands of that era. Can I say underappreciated? No, I think both. I do think both. You know, and one of the reasons is, you know, Shine was a hit before we were a band. So we've been chasing songs, and it's funny. Uh, we do festivals, and there will be other bands. I'm not going to mention big bands that we very much respect and they come up and go oh my god i didn't know you did all those songs and we're like yeah it's kind of what we've been chasing our whole career which is fine you know because we have a career we love what we do but there are there are days where you kind of go man i wish people could connect the dots if that makes sense um that we have accomplished all that we have accomplished and it's not about notoriety it's just you know that's what we did i hear what you're saying I'm just going to, whenever I listen to discussions, whether it be another podcast, the radio, just with with friends, if we're talking about bands of that era, of your era, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Guns N' Roses, um, you guys have almost the same amount of hits, a lot of popular songs. You weren't a one-hit wonder, so... Where do you think it comes in? Why aren't you in that conversation? Well, I think a lot. You can go back once again. I think you go back to the Shine was a hit before we were a band. And then we were on a label that really honestly didn't give a shit. And, you know, they they didn't even know we'd made a record. I'd go make a record and present it to them. So I think there was no cheerleading for us because we were just self-contained. We've always been that way. And, you know, me writing all the songs and, producing it you know it wasn't like we're out making deals with big producers or things like that we were just we just go in the studio and do it and i own the studio gear we'd record in my house so we were very self-sufficient didn't ask much of people and i think that kind of helped us fly under radar a little bit too within the record label who then's job was to actually promote us who did not do that correctly and that's the bottom line <laughs> well no matter the obstacle you're clearly successful despite all of that uh, and, and continuing to make new music, of course. New album is named Blood. First question regarding that is, why that title? Why Blood? Well, you know, my brother being in the band, there's the Blood Brothers there in, in sense. But I, I think 
I, I just think when you've survived this long and you've traveled the world and you've had to maintain a relationship, you, you become like a family. And we are a family, the the five guys in the band. And I just felt that that was a proper title. And we've all started families of our own. So it just felt, it just felt proper title. Where do you think blood stacks up against the rest of your work? Oh, I think it's the best, without a doubt. I'd put it, I'd put it number one, without a doubt. Nice. That's awesome. So then what makes this album different? What makes it more, more special or better than the rest when compared to the rest, rest of your discography? I think attitude of how we recorded it. I think Jesse and Johnny bringing in their, not only their musicianship, but their friendship and their wanting to make this band better uh, on all aspects. And it made me a better songwriter. I, and then us sitting in a room together and playing together and recording together as a band. There it is right there. Right on. Now, to make it a little bit of a left turn, uh, we play a game on this podcast in, in a way called Six Degrees of, of Guns N' Roses Bacon. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that um, that game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. No. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know who Kevin Bacon is? Oh, of, course, of course I know. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. All right. So there's this game that you can name any movie and you can trace it in six or less steps back to, to Kevin Bacon. I don't know. I thought it was a more popular game than it apparently is. But we do the same thing with the with Guns N' Roses. So any connection that one of my interviewees has to, to GNR, that's, well, that's the game. So back in 2012, you did the Titans of Rock Tour. Uh, Duff was there. Matt Sorum was there. Gilby Clark was there. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we even went on, it was uh, Kings of Chaos, and we did one in South Africa, too, where Slash was out there. You know, I was I was low man on totem pole. <laughs> I was just happy to be out there. Um, and um, just, just had a fun time, you know, got to hang out with Duff a lot, got to really dig into his world, and um, actually just picked up his new uh, record, by the way, his vinyl this week um and then to have slash come out you know and we did a part where everybody did an acoustic song and he goes hey can i play with you on this song acoustic on it was like you're slash you can do anything you want to it's kind of cool um you know just 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 to meet your heroes and to know that um they're really good people you know not only they're great musicians and great artists but they're really genuinely good people that's that's always a, a plus i mean to be completely honest that's kind of how I, I feel right now you come off as extremely humble somebody i've been hearing their songs for for many many years and it says a lot about you that you know you'll look at slash slash and duff you know i might see them as your peers you know you're, you're all rock stars to me but you look at them as, as as your heroes so you're you're still a fan even though you've been doing it for for 25 years oh yeah 100 percent. i'm still learning from them if you're still learning what else is there for you to do what do you want to accomplish yeah i want to be the best front man and best pal to my bandmates and more importantly i want to be the best father i can be last question for you because i know you have a lot of other interviews to get to and i'll be remiss if i didn't bring it up why does it say to call you E in the press release. Should I have been calling you E? Am I offending you by calling you Ed? No, no. It it just so happened. I've, I've been called Ed my whole life. My father was, I'm a junior. So my dad was called Big E. 
and I was literally growing up. And like the band, my wife calls me E. It was just a nickname. And basically, I was doing a lot of private uh, corporate gigs early on in this year, and 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 they would have a capital letter E and a capital letter D. And I was like, you know, a middle aged man should not going around wearing a badge with E D on it. And you're probably not. A, and I was like, and my brother was there, and he's like, well, just. Make everybody call you E. That's what they. That's what we call you anyway. I was like, all right, that sounds cool. So E, you can call me Ed. It doesn't matter. It's just so I don't have to wear a damn ED badge when I do these corporate gigs. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting that. Brilliant. Well, Ed E. Roland of, of Collective Soul, congratulations on the new album, Blood. Thanks for hanging out. Hope to have you on again. Uh, you take care. Thank you, bud. Nice guy. I'm never going to try to pretend to be cool, which should be quite obvious, but you know, those are these are one of those interviews that I don't know, I had a little anxiety uh toward it just because you know, listening to Collective Souls music over the years and I guess I, I never really watched interviews, I mean until I, I scheduled this one, but growing up it wasn't like I you know, was watching all the Axel and Slash interviews cuz GNR was my number one band, so it seemed like Ed and had this mythical status and then just to talk to him and seeing how humble he is and he sees Duff and Slash as, as heroes where he is in fact a hero to many. It's just interesting and, it, and it's a, another awesome opportunity you all have allowed me to do as we continue this podcast night train is to you know, meet some of uh, the people in our lives that we never thought we would meet and have interesting conversations and just find out they're just like us. Maybe you can relate to being in a band with a family member like Ed. Me and my younger brothers, we have no musical talent, but I can certainly relate to uh, brotherly love. I'm the oldest of four. I don't know if I ever said that, or if you care. Uh, so let's keep this a little bit of a shorter episode of Appetite for Distortion because the last two went a, a little long. I guess there's no real limit in the podcast world, but of course, la- last episode with with Dave, uh, ex-corn drummer, now with Bias, and uh, Ian Scotto, our, our, our buddy, our, my dear Ian, the original co-host of the AFD show, coming back. So that went a little long. And uh, also with uh, with Kerry Kelly. That kind of went longish. It's pretty rad. It, it was rad, Kerry. <laughs> and of course, uh, AFD listener and friend of the show, Remco from the Netherlands, uh, he uh, co-hosted that one as well. So we'll keep this one short because... I do get messages say, hey, you know, I'm catching up, which is great, you know, that you're you're putting in the time, I guess, to catch up. Because I've said it before, there are so many ways to entertain yourself, not just not just counting the podcast world, which there are millions, it seems, at this point, uh, but you know, Netflix and you know, real life things you can be entertaining entertaining yourself with with concerts and everything. So let's keep this on the shorter side. But let's talk uh, about this under the umbrella of news. I want to focus on on social media because uh, last episode. I mean, I have no idea if it's true or not. I just thought it was a funny conversation that Scotto brought up the fact that, or his I shouldn't say the fact, his assumption that. DJ Ashba may be buying followers on Instagram, and he's using the evidence, uh, you know, his evidence of that he has way more followers than Duff McKagan and Nikki Six, who are both very active on social media as well. I have no idea. You know, I 
I'm not going to pretend to know the secret of social media. I don't know why some things trend. I don't know why some people have the amount of followers that they do. It's just kind of a crapshoot. So, um, A, I thought that was interesting. But I want to focus on uh, my social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show. And the numbers have been going up, which has been fantastic. And I want to take time to just acknowledge, because it's one thing for Collective Soul or, or Guns N' Roses to have the amount of fans that they do around the world. I think that, you know, if, if you speak another language, I, music is the universal language. So it doesn't matter that Guns N' Roses does English songs. They're obviously popular all over the world. I don't know if it's like completely the reverse here in America. I'm trying to think of the, the non-speaking, uh, English-speaking bands that I, I listen to. Ramstein. Um, that may be it. Uh, as far as uh, bands that go out of my way where I, I don't care if I don't know the words, I, I just dig the music. Uh, but to take time out to follow uh, me on the podcast and on social media when you may not speak the language, uh, or at least it's not your, your first language, is is amazing. So I want to acknowledge something that I, a post that I made. Uh, maybe you saw it on, on Facebook and Twitter. And I asked... Do you know where you are? Of course, in the vein of Guns N' Roses. And I wanted to know where all my followers are are from. So I'm not going to go through all the comments because there were so many. I couldn't believe the amount of of you that listened from Australia, all over Australia. Uh, We have Greece. We have a lot from Canada, the Netherlands, uh, Brazil, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, Italy, the UK, uh, KY, uh, which was meant for uh, Kentucky, but I like how uh, Brownie uh, Lamar put KY as in jelly. I assume you live in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, Mexico, Argentina, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, uh, Rocky Mountain High, Colorado sends, uh, says Wendy. Uh, where else do we got? We got uh, more from Italy, Puerto Rico, San Francisco, Atlanta, Tennessee, Uruguay, uh, Mexico, I said already, North Carolina, uh, Ireland, uh, Michigan, I, I, I'm just, I can keep going down, man. Montreal, uh, Finland, Florida, uh, I mean, it's just um, Alabama. So the point of me saying, you know, just reading this off is, and it ties into the DJ Ashba thing and the conversation Ian and I had last episode where you could actually not only buy followers, but you can buy interactions, which is just so crazy and sad. And I have no idea if DJ Ashbutt does or not. I really don't even care, to be honest with you. It's like, was he committing murder? I don't, get, I don't give a shit. But this just goes to show that not only are all of you that follow me real, but you're following an English-speaking podcast. You're taking out the time to, to listen to my Long Island-ness. And, and I see so many get translated to other... Part of the interviews get translated into Spanish, into Italian, into Dutch, I've seen. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. And you allow me to continue to interview people like Ed Roland from Collective Soul. So something that I would um, I, I want to jump off with that is that this is how you contribute to the podcast, how I keep going. You know, 129 episodes in, we've really accomplished more than I, I ever thought possible. And I'm going mean, I'm to continue to involve you. Uh, whether it's helping me uh, book guests, whether it's being my co-host. I, I want this to be, yeah, the, the GNR uh, hook makes it different, 
but you make it different. You make it special. Every show you listen to, whether it's TV or radio, oh, my, my followers are the best. You know, my fans are the best. But I'm giving you reasons why you guys and gals are the best. So many of you are not from America and listen to this podcast. Again, completely different. Yeah, you may all love Guns N' Roses regardless of where you are, but to take time to listen to where, I don't know, maybe my, my New York speak is too fast. Uh, I mean, I know it is. When, I, when I've when i gone down south or other parts of the country, I, I have to tell myself to breathe <laughs> because New York is so fast-paced and, and angry, and most of the world is not, <laughs> it's not like that, at least the places I've been. So I, I always have to think, take a, a step back when I go to, I mean, I, I only, I've only been to Canada. That's the only other country that I've been to. But let's just say Canada, just to, to slow things down a bit. So I appreciate uh, all of you for taking the time, taking this this podcast uh, night train ride with me over 129 episodes. So knowing that now, officially, I mean, I've always known, but now to have it in one thread to see the amount of countries and states that uh, you are all in, I want you all to help this podcast reach bigger and bigger heights. Whether it's what DJ Ashburn may or may not be doing with buying followers, something that I never, ever want to do and, and will never do. Uh, we, we spoke about, and you could probably find it online, Ian and I last episode, uh, we spoke about there was a leaked audio from uh, the Howard Stern show. I don't know how long ago it, it was, but him telling his his staff to make fake Twitter accounts to tweet at potential guests. And that's Howard Stern. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that, at least on radio. I don't want that either. I would never, ever want you to make a fake account. But what many of you have been doing, and I want you to keep doing, regardless of if you don't speak the language, I will. We will make it work. It doesn't matter. You know, we've again we we had Remco from the uh, from uh, the Netherlands. We had Divya from from India. We've had. Uh, I mean, it was a while ago, but we had uh, Tomislav from Croatia. So if there is perhaps a, a Gunter Roses story that you have in your country that you want to share on this podcast, let's do it. Because maybe there are things I don't know about being in my little uh, globe here, the smaller globe, rather, in my, my snow globe, I guess I should, I should say, uh, here in New York and in Long Island, you know, kind of primarily where I'm from. You know, I did spend time in Massachusetts, but there's so many places I I have yet to go to. And I've been, in a way, traveling through this podcast. And you all have been helping me out with it. So when putting up that post, it's just really reiterated to me how great a reach that we have now and where it could potentially go. And that's all thanks to you. If I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it was just me listening. Even if I had these guests, if nobody liked it, if nobody was listening, why am I doing it? But you are. So I want to give back to you where if you have a Guns N' Roses story and get creative with it, uh, whether it's you personally or it's perhaps someone who fits that six degrees of, of Guns N' Roses bacon, no matter how thin the slice is, and you have an idea of someone that maybe I wouldn't think of, right? That It's not the obvious. That's not somehow you're going to find by navigating the Guns N' Roses Wikipedia page Bring it to my attention. DM me on Facebook.com slash The AFD Show or on Twitter at The AFD Show. Also, you can email me. I, I, I always forget to give that out. Uh, it's The AFD Show at gmail.com. 
and and, and that's pretty much it. You guys are going to continue to help. So share. Uh, your interactions are real. So whenever you interact on social media, all your friends will see that on Facebook. That's just how it is now. Uh, so comment. Take take part of, of the show. If you have a comment on an episode, just write a post, and we can start a, a thread, a conversation about it, even if it's an older ep- episode. So you will continue to be my producers of this podcast. And that reminds me as well, make sure you follow and subscribe on all of our platforms because the, the guests that we persuade to come on, uh, some are very easy and say yes right away. Some need a little uh, schmoozing. So if they see the, the numbers, whether it be on social media or on, on subscriber uh, platforms, it's gonna, they're going to be more inclined. So the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, we have at least the first half of our episodes on on YouTube. Uh, I'm. It's just so time consuming to do the video and the audio. At some point, yes, uh, it'll all be up there. There's still a lot of things I want to do with this podcast. So uh, time is obviously involved, and I will say this. Uh, I say it kind of jokingly, just because I I'm always awkward talking about money, despite my heritage. You know, I make a lot of uh, Jew jokes because, you know, I'm Jewish. I've got the listener that messaged me. He's like, what's with all the Jew jokes? You talk about what you know. That's what I am. So there are a lot of sites out there that talk about Patreon or doing some subscription service. I will never charge you for listening to me. It's I, I believe in free radio. Uh, it's the kind of the same thing for, for podcasts. So for me, if there were ever some sort of a revenue to come in. It would either be it would come from an employer like I have here at iHeart, uh, or uh, it it would come from sponsors. So knowing that, and it was I want to put it out there, knowing the the global reach that we have and the thousands upon thousands of listeners that we take in every month. Uh, if you have some sort of business that you feel would benefit from this listener base to having this global reach. Reach out to me. Let me know because there are certainly a lot of you that I would like to get involved with on a uh, a business level, not just a podcast level and have fun. So I uh, just figured I'd plant that seed out there as well. I don't know why that sounded uh, dirtier than I intended. Also, don't forget we can be found at alternativenation.net. When will you see the next episode of Appetite for Distortion? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy... You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.